So tonight, I just kind of want to get our feet wet just a little bit um, because I hear that Sunday we're going to be diving in head first. Um, so just put on your big girl panties because I hear that it is going to be, um, it's going to be some tough love coming Sunday. So I'm excited to hear that. Okay. So I want to talk to us tonight about just being ourselves. Um, you know, it's okay to just be you just to really be real and just to be who you are. There's a huge fear in most of us, um, to be ourselves because we're so afraid, um, of what other people think of us. And honestly, some of us don't even really know who we are because we spent so much time being who we're not. Um, so the title on my message tonight is don't be robbed. Don't be robbed. By not being who we really are, we're actually being robbed of the life that God has planned for us. John 10, 10 says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that, that you may have life and have it abundantly. So when we're not being who we are, when we're not being real, the enemy is robbing us. He's robbing us. He's taking from us that abundant life that Jesus came to give us. God sent his son that we can live a life of freedom and a life of victory and a life of abundance. That's what his word says, right? Not just a life of abundance financially, not just a life of abundance in relationships, but a life of abundance in just who we are in him. So abundance means overflowing, over and above, extraordinary, or above the ordinary. God didn't send his son so that we can live less than we should. He sent his son so we can live above the ordinary. Being who we really are is a struggle for most of us because we're so afraid of what everyone else is going to think. What if they don't like me? What if they don't like the real me? You know, they've always seen this perception of me. What if I kind of break that shell and they get in and they see the real me? What if they don't accept me because of this or accept me because of that? Psalms 27, 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? We don't have anything to fear because God is for us. All those little details that we're so afraid of people finding out about or knowing about, he already knows. And he says he's our stronghold. Our life is to be lived for God's glory. Living our life as someone else that we aren't, it can't bring him any glory. Oftentimes we manipulate who we are so much so that people will perceive us to be holy or worthy or or just something that we're not. We're so caught up in trying to get people to think that we are so awesome and so great. And the truth is, is that people just want to see real people. You know, people just want to see real people. And you're never going to be able to manipulate the perception of yourself to God. He knows who you are, you know. But we do it, don't we? We manipulate who we are um, so that other people will see us and shine us in a different light. And so we're robbing ourselves when we do that. Being real about who you are doesn't mean that you, being real about who you are Um, touches other people's lives. It opens you up. It doesn't mean that you have to share everything with everyone. In fact, you shouldn't do that. Um, You shouldn't do that. But God will allow things in your life so that you can help someone else deal with something that they're facing. So being fake and acting like our lives are so perfect, we're getting in the way of what God really wants to do. 
He wants to open us up. He wants to get us real so that we're able to touch somebody else's life. You can't touch somebody else's life whenever you've manipulated yourself into being something, something else. You really get in the way of what God wants to do and how he wants to use you for someone else. Okay, I want to give you a couple of examples of people who God chose to use as examples of real people in his word. You're going to recognize almost all these names, and I don't want you to think I'm picking on them because I'm not. Um, You're going to recognize them more than likely for all the good things that they did. You're going to recognize them for all the, the glory that they brought to God. But if you want to get real about who they were and some of the struggles and trials and things in their life, um, they had struggles. They had, they had strong, you know, they had strongholds. They, they had failures. They had doubts. And so I can't take credit for this list because I heard a pastor preach this, um, Pastor Rick Bazette, and he uh, preached, he has a great book called Be Real Because Fake is Exhausting. And so I read his book and then I watched all of his messages on it. And so um, he read out this list and I just, I loved it so much that I wanted to share it with y'all while we're talking about being real. Okay, so here's some real people that God used. Noah, Noah got drunk. Abraham was too old. Joseph was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. That's his, he said it. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was a scaredy cat. I'm a Gideon. Just so y'all know, I'm going to be real with y'all right now. I am a Gideon. I am a scaredy cat. I'm scared of everything. Okay. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy, they were too young. David had an affair with a married woman and murdered her husband. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah thought himself unworthy. Jonah ran away from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Martha was a perpetual worrier. I can also find myself in the Martha category. Um, The Samaritan woman who spoke with Jesus at the well, well, she was divorced five times. Zacchaeus was too small. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. And the little boy only had five loaves and two fish. So all those names in there, y'all probably, when I said them first, you recognize them for the things they did. Noah, he built an ark. You didn't know that he was also a drunk at times. You know, you, um, David, he was a man after God's heart. You may, may or may not have known that he had an affair with a married woman and killed her husband because of it. You know, all of these things that, that happened. Jonah, he ran away from God, but yet, but he turned back to God. I love this list. I love it not because I like to point out the flaws in other people, but I love it because I know it shows me that God will use real, imperfect people because that means that there's hope for me. And that means that there's hope for you. So if God will use them and he will give them to us in his word as an example, then that means there's hope for us. Okay, so I want to give you a couple of points tonight. There's just three of them. I want to give you a couple of points tonight that I think will help us to not allow the enemy to rob us of the freedom and victory of living our life, who we really are, living a real, open life for God. Number one, be authentic. The meaning of authentic is not false or copied, to be genuine or real. I'm just going to be honest with you guys for just a little bit. I have to tell you that for years, years after I was saved, I mean, years up until about two years ago. Um, So about eight years, I lived my life with the idea that my my life, 
my marriage, uh, my kids, my house, everything that had to do with me had to be so perfect. It had to look perfect. It had to be perfect. It had to run perfectly. Everything had to be set up so perfectly. Um, I thought that was what people wanted to see. I thought that that was what they expected out of me. And worse than that, I thought that's what God expected out of me. I thought because I'm saved, because I'm a church leader, I'm a mom, I'm, I'm, you know, I volunteer in the school, I do this, I do that, that I thought that God wanted me to be so perfect and just never show weakness, never show flaws, never show struggle, never let them, you know, know about trials, never, never do all those kinds of things. But I was so wrong, so wrong about that, so wrong about how people didn't want to see that. And especially God didn't want to see that because I felt like as long as I lived perfectly or the more perfect that I lived, the more he loved me, the more he used me, the more he favored me. And that could not be farther from the truth. It just couldn't. So I was trying to set my life up so that people would think it was so perfect and so flawless. I was robbing myself of an authentic, abundant life. God's idea of abundance not my idea of abundance. I was living in my idea of abundance, which was the perception that I had it all together. God's idea of abundance is being real, living your life open, living your life vulnerable. Yeah, I said that, vulnerable to people with the risk that they may reject you if they know this, or they may not care for you, they may not like you if they know that you don't have it all together all the time. But more often than not, people want to see real people. And they just want to know that, you know what, she didn't have it all together, and neither do I. I was so afraid that someone would see me flawed or imperfect. I lived in fear of being me, being weak, being unable to do it all and to have it all. I was exhausted with trying to maintain a life that God never called me to. God hasn't called any of us to live a perfect life. In fact, we can't. He wants us to live a life surrendered. He wants us to give up our life and exchange it for his will. When we do that, all those weaknesses and struggles and imperfect areas of our life, he's going to use. The devil will no longer be able to rob you of an authentic, abundant life. God wants to use our struggles and our trials to minister to others. You see, it's always refreshing to know that somebody else has walked in your shoes. It is always so nice to know that you're not the only one because the devil always likes to condemn us into thinking that we're the only one that's ever done that. We're the only one that's ever had a marriage that struggled. We're the only one that's ever had financial problems. We're the only ones that have had kids that have walked away from the Lord. We're the only ones that have never been able to do this or able to do that. We're the only ones. And whenever you start hearing those thoughts in your head, just know they're from the devil because God's not going to tell you that. God is not going to tell you that. In fact, God is going to place people in your life on purpose who have walked in your shoes and who are able to give their testimonies to you and who are able to help you. It's so funny. Whenever you go to help someone, you think you're going to help them. They end up helping you even more. I experienced that recently in my life, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that, for God. You know, we thought we were reaching out to help someone else, and in return it came full circle, and God just totally did something that only he could do. And that's what God does when you open yourself up and you just become vulnerable and real and just say, you know what, I don't have it all together, but I know, I know that God does. I know that he uses those weaknesses and those struggles. God wants to use our struggles and our trials to minister to others. He will use us to remind 
he uses it to remind others about his grace and his restoration and his mercy. Just like we read about all of those people in, in his word, he uses his word. He uses the people around us to remind us of that grace and of that mercy. Nothing in our life ha- happens by accident. Everything is God arranged or God allowed. It's my new favorite, favorite saying. And so I'll probably say it a hundred more times till the year's over. Everything in our life is God allowed or God arranged. That gives you such peace to know that there are no accidents with God. Things do not just happen by chance. Yes, do we bring ourselves into stuff sometimes? Yeah, but guess what? It's God allowed. And do we not bring ourselves into some stuff? Yeah, that means it's God arranged. And so he either sets us up or he, he, lets, us, he lets us go. And so we walk that. And it's always, always to bring him glory and to help somebody else. Always. Always what we go through. Rather than seeking to impress and outperform others, and rather than feeling ashamed about what you don't have, what you haven't done, what you have done, or what you can't do, relish the opportunity to stand as a living, a walking, a breathing, an eating example of what God's grace can do with a person who is authentic and set apart, weaknesses and all, to be his sacred vessel. That's what happens when we're authentic. When we're authentic, God gets to use us in different people's lives because people see us as real. Number two, you got to be equipped. The meaning of equipped is to have the necessary supplies or tools that you need. You're not going to go out on a camping trip I'm not going to ever go out on a camping trip, but I'm saying you people that camp, <laughs> I don't care how equipped I am. <laughs> I'm very equipped with the air conditioning strapped to my back. But no, so if you're going camping, um, you're going to be equipped. You're not going out there with just a beef jerky and a bottle of water. You're like, you're not going to do that. So um, you got to be equipped. When we're, we're training our team um, for Nicaragua, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that. We're going to be equipped when we, hit, when we hit that ground. We're going to be equipped, and we're going to know what we're, what we're going to do. We're not just going in there blinded. You know, yeah, God's going to surprise us, and, we're, and we hope he does. You know, but if you're going out and, and you've planned something, you're going to be equipped for that. It's the same thing with our lives for God. We have to be equipped. We have to be equipped because if we're equipped, then we have the necessary tools and things that we need in order to be who he wants us to be. So first you need to know who you are and where your true value comes from. And you know where you get that? God's word. You read God's word. That's how you get equipped. You read God's word. You pray. God's word will show you over and over who you are and who he wants you to be. When we don't read his word, we're robbing ourselves of discovering our true identity. It's another way that we rob ourselves, by not reading his word, but not knowing who we truly are. Jeremiah 1.5, it says, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. In that verse, it says he chose you, he set you apart, and he appointed you. If we could get this truth in us, I mean in us, like in our heart of hearts, if we could get that, we would be so unstoppable, y'all. We would not, there wouldn't be a thing that could come against us that we wouldn't be able to say, hold on a second. I am chosen. I am appointed. I am set apart. I am a daughter of the king. I am a son of the king. Like if we could get that inside of us, we would be, I mean, just a force to be reckoned with. 
And so I hope that that's my prayer tonight, that I get that inside of me, that y'all get that inside of y'all, and that we really truly take God's word, equip ourselves to be who he wants us to be. So, um, so he chose you. He made you so that he is, and he's well aware of all your flaws, of all your weaknesses, and yet he still chose you to participate in his work. Did you know that? He knows everything about you. He made you. He created you. And so he still chose you to do the work that he's doing right now to build his kingdom, to be in this particular time in history. He still chose you for that. He knows that no one else can carry out that job that he's called you to do like you can. Nobody else can parent your kids like you can. Nobody else can be married to that person like you can. Nobody else can work that job like you can or be in that ministry, involved in that friendship or um, facing that storm. There's nobody else that can do it like you. It didn't just all accidentally happen. See, he, is, he sees you uniquely suited and capable to carry out his work. He also, in that verse, I see that he set us apart. We aren't like the rest. This is something that I think all of us struggle with more than anything. Is, and maybe not all of us. I'm just going to speak, you know, for myself. And I have gotten much better with this. But we compare ourselves so much to other people. So much to other people. And we don't just compare ourselves. We compare where they're at and where we're at. What, what point in the journey and they're in. And so today I just started to think about like our walk with God is like a relay race. There's a whole bunch of racers and they're all in the race, but they're all in different lanes. And not only are they all in different lanes, they're all in different, different spots in the race. So you're, you're, in a, you're in a different lane and you're in a different spot. And so God wants us to stay in our lane. He wants us to run in our lane, run in our lane, and not only run in our lane, run in our spot that he gave us. So he will give you people that will surround you that will walk the same walk as you. Maybe in ministry or in uh, being a mom or being a parent or even in that job. But you know what? You're not going to be in the same time that they're going to be in. So you got to hang on and you got to run your race when, he, when he's ready for you. Being who you are means that you must run the, you got to run the race, but you got to stay in your own lane. If you spend all your time looking back and focuses on the runner behind you, or you look ahead and you see the runner ahead of you, you're going to miss your race. You are going to miss your race. How many times do we do that? Like you're, you're talking to somebody at a red light or whatever, and you just, and I hear Brady go, mom, mom, mom. And I only have like a second, you know, like go through the red light really, really quick, but it's been, it's been green. I mean, go through the green light, but it's been green for a while. Or you're looking down doing this. You're looking down doing that. That's just going to happen. We're going to get so distracted at looking at everybody else and watching them run their race that we just not even, we're going to miss our race. We're going to miss our race. And so we're all going to run it. We're all going to run it. We just got to run it in our own lane. Um, Second Timothy 2.21, it says, a special instrument set apart, useful to the master. We're a special instrument. We're all in the band, but we're all our own instrument. We rob ourselves of the unique life that God has created just for us when we compare our lives to everyone else. London and I have um, London and I had this little saying that we created with one another. Um, she was she started cheer last year, and London's been raised with boys. She's you know have three boys, one daughter, and she's just smack in the middle of all of them. And so um, 
And then she has two boy cousins that she's really close to. So, I mean, she's just surrounded by nothing but boys. Finally, she got a girl on her, on her side. But anyway, so, but she's been surrounded with boys, so she's really tough. So it takes a lot to kind of, you know, ruffle her feathers. Well, a little girl at cheer, she, she did. She just kept getting to her, and she just knew the buttons to push to her. And so she came home really upset a lot of times, and I had to just pray with her and just tell her, London, you have got to stop worrying about all the other girls and what they're doing and, and how they're saying this. I said, London, you be the best London that you can be, and that's all that you have to worry about. And so I kept telling her that all summer, all summer, and one day I went to walk out of the garage door, and she put this little index card on the garage door. She taped it on the garage door, and she said, Mom, I hope you have a good day. I love you very much, and I promise I'll be the best London that I can be. And I tell you, there's not much more that warms your heart than knowing that your kids are listening to you, they hear you, and you're just speaking to them truth, and they get it. They finally get it. And so now when I leave the house, whenever she leaves the house, I say, London, be the best London you can be. And she says, Mom, you be the best mom you can be. It's like, it's funny. But um, that's what God wants us. That's what he's saying to us. You know, he's saying, be the best you can be. Be the best you that you can be. And so not only do we rob ourselves when we're not authentic, when we're not real, when we're not fully equipped, but we rob other people around us. We were created by God to do our part. And if we fail to do it because we don't think it's valuable enough, others are robbed of the value that is in our uniqueness. Other people get robbed of that. God set us apart for a reason, so that when the uniqueness you can offer can be fully used, fully valued, somewhere someone needs you in all your uniqueness to step up to the plate, get in your lane, and run that race that God called you to do. Amen. Okay, number three, last one, y'all. Be satisfied. Such a tough one. Such a tough one. Another word for being satisfied is be content. Just be content where you are. John fifteen sixteen says, I chose, I didn't choose you. This is God talking. I didn't choose you. He said, Wait, I'm sorry, let me go back to this because <laughs> it wouldn't make sense if I read it that way. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. So God says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. He said, I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit. So that means you have to trust him right where he's planted you. Right now in the place where you are, you're going to be the most personally productive right now. Even if you don't really like the person he's made you to be, or you don't like the circumstances that you're currently in. You have to be confident. You got to trust him. That God has planted you here with design and intent. See, because God only does things with purpose. He doesn't do things that are not purposeful. He doesn't do things without intent. So where you're at right now, even though it just seems so uncomfortable. And you're just throwing that tantrum like, oh, just ready to get out of this season. You got to do what he wants you to do in that season or you're not moving on to the next one. You know, you're not. Somebody else, so another pastor said this once and it was so powerful to me. He said, sometimes you can fast forward those tough seasons in your life if you just get it. You know, sometimes it takes us so long. We're so busy pouting and kicking and screaming that by the time we do get ready and say, all right, God, come on, let's just do this. We've already been in it for so long. You know, that's why you're so tired. So he says, you know what? We can fast forward that. We just got to get it. 
We just got to get it. We just got to say, all right, God, I'm hanging on. You know, I'm, I'm going to go through that with you. And so it says in Philippians 4, verse 11 and 13. I love this, y'all. I love this verse. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content wherever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all things through him who th- strengthens me. He's saying, you know what? This, my, my, my circumstances don't determine the way that I feel. My circumstances aren't satisfying me. My circumstances are not giving me what I want. I'm going to be planted in this soil that God gives me, whether that's a soil that feels productive or a soil that feels like it's unproductive. I'm going to be planted there and I'm going to stay there. He has selected the soil in which you are presently growing. All of it has been designed to surround you with the conditions that allow your unique gifts and abilities to reach max potential. He puts us there for a reason. Everything that we do is for purpose for God. And so tonight, I hope that you guys have been encouraged. I hope that you've seen that it's okay to be real. As we begin this hypocrite series, let that guard off just a little bit. You know, because people like to see that you're real. Not that people like to see you go through struggles. But if we're just so uptight and so guarded that we don't allow people to see that we struggle too. You know, we can get in the way of what God wants to do in their life because we, we're kind of going along with the enemy by putting them over here and then we're over here. And that's just not the way that it is. None of us are perfect. None of us have been without struggle. So I hope that this message um, shows you how important and valuable that you are to God. I hope that you now know that you can be equipped to know who you are, that really being who you are is what he wants. And being anything less than that is robbing you from so much of his abundance. Begin to read his word. Begin to pray and ask him to reveal to you who he's made you to be. And don't be afraid of letting people see the real you. The one that's weak. Because what does the Bible say when he's weak? When I'm weak, he's strong. Yeah. And so Sisterhood's about to start um, in September. We're going to start a Bible study on Gideon. And Gideon's all about weakness, you know. And so um, she talks about in there, thank him for the weaknesses that we have. Thank him for those weaknesses because that gives him an open door of opportunity to show himself strong. And so tonight, if you guys want to just stand to your feet, I'm excited about this, this next season this next session in church because I think that we're going to just get so real with ourselves and get so real with God because if you're not real with yourself if you're hiding from everybody else well you're hiding from him too that's what you think you know but you can't really technically hide from God he knows he knows he sees everything and so I just want to encourage you guys tonight just to be who you are leave out of here with an open heart to just really pray that God would use you, your struggles, your situations, just to, to minister to that, that person. So, Lord God, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, God, and be real. 
God, we thank you, God, that we have your word to equip us. God, so that we can be authentic, that we will not let the devil rob us of a life of abundance, Jesus. God, because when we are living who you want us to be, whether we're excited or happy about that or not, we're living that life of abundance, God, because you've planted that soil for us, Jesus. And I just pray for each and every person in here tonight. God, that you would just remind them of who they are, Father, that you have chosen them and appointed them, Father God. You set them apart, Jesus. And I pray, God, that we would know that tonight. In Jesus' name. If there's anybody in here tonight that you're saying, I, don't, I, I just don't know the Lord. I don't know. I don't, all this that you're talking about, I hear it, but, but I've never really had him in my heart. Tonight's your night. I don't want you to leave here tonight without him in your heart. So if tonight you walk in here and you're like, I don't know if I'm saved. And you don't know if you lay your head on that pillow tonight, whether you're going to, what would happen to you? I just encourage you to lift up your hand because we want to pray with you. We're a family in here. We're not here to um, point anybody out. We all have flaws. We learned that all tonight. We're all imperfect. And so if you're in here tonight and you're saying, I'm not saved, don't leave here tonight being unsure. So I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes For those of you who say, I want to respond to that, just go ahead and lift up your hand tonight. Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for those that have lifted their hands. God, we thank you that they want the assurance, Lord, of knowing who you are. And so I'm just going to repeat this prayer tonight, church. Father God, I just pray that you would forgive me of my sins. God, that you would show me who I am in you. Lord, that you would save me, that you would forgive me, and that you would give me a new life, God. In Jesus' name, amen. God, we thank you for this week that we're about to have. God, thank you for each and every kid that's starting school this week and even to the next week. Be with our teachers, be with their classmates, be with their school, God. Just give them the best year, Father, that they have ever had, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, for our pastor. God, I pray for blessings and protection over him and his wonderful family, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you, God, for our church. Just be with us, Father God, and continue to do all the great things that you have set out for us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, we'll see you back Sunday to learn that you are a hypocrite. (laughs) We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.